0: welcome back to Nerd Is the New Cool. I'm Justin, and I'm John. So we are here today to do another one of our comparison episodes, and today we are talking about movies about the end of the world. But, but John, let's talk a little bit about the kind of conversation we had about this before we before we get going. Like,
1: what was our thought process? So uh, I think w- w- my thought process thought process was was we could take this in a million different places because depending on kind of how you you know, how you how you take it. There's a lot of different movies that could be considered, quote, end of the world movies, because you have, you know, the typical you have asteroids, you have plague, you have nature, you mm-hmm. have zombies. So, I mean, and I'm probably and there's probably a, a numerous other categories that you could fall into. So it's just we could have gone down a rabbit hole on this category really quickly. But I think we we kind of stayed to the core Of it with the two movies that we chose. Yeah. And I think the thing was
0: that it's kind of like a, do you do this as the apocalypse is going on? Is this the apocalypse is about to happen? Is this post-apocalyptic? Right.
1: Right. Like does the end of the world actually happen? Because, you know, especially for the, for the film that I chose, they prevented it, but it's still kind of a disaster end of the world kind of movie. And then the movie that you chose, it's happening during the 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 end of the world is happening during the entire movie and then there's others where it's post pre they prevent it they don't prevent it
0: so some go back in time
1: i mean you know exactly there's there's there there were so many options to choose from so what we what
0: we ended up doing is we just pretty much as john said we decided to kind of keep it real simple and just go with the movie that we think of when you think of the end of the world but we did avoid all
1: zombie movies intentionally. I thought about, I I came close to choosing I am legend just because I do really like that movie, but yeah, I decided not to.
0: Well, that'll be a future episode where we compare some zombie movies. So that'll be a good one. Yep. That'll be a really good one. All right. Into the background. So as, as the as John kind of mentioned, I chose this is the end, which is the two movies we chose. They're definitely a little bit different. They both have This is the End has a lot of comedy in it. Armageddon has a little bit of fun, little off-the-cuff remarks. It's definitely more serious, though. This is the End is definitely more of a ridiculousness themed film, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. So a little bit about This is the End. This is according to IMDb. Six Los Angeles celebrities are stuck in James Franco's house after a series of devastating events just destroyed the city inside the group not only have to face the apocalypse, but themselves. Is that, do you think that's a good description
1: of that i mean yeah i guess so <laughs> yeah it's probably i mean it leaves a lot out but i mean because yeah. it doesn't it does i guess it doesn't give the plot away too much with that description
0: right and this debuted june twelfth, two 2013 which is crazy to me i didn't think it came out seven years ago it seems so much more
1: recent but you're right You yeah know, so it goes so the movie that i chose again You know, pretty went. I went pretty basic on this one, Armageddon, you know, the summary according to IMDB, after discovering that an asteroid the size of Texas is going to impact the earth in less than a month, NASA recruits a misfit team of deep core drillers to save the planet. That is a very accurate description of what this movie is.
0: Yep. Pretty much. It's pretty much in a nutshell. It's exactly what's going to happen.
1: And it debuted July 1st, 1998. I didn't think this came out when we were still in high school. (laughs)
0: Yeah, the only reason why I know that it did is it came out the same time frame, like within six months of Deep, deep Impact. And I remember seeing that in the theaters in high school.
1: Fun story. I, deep Impact was on TV last night and I watched it. Did you? How does, <laughs> how does it hold up? It's uh, Armageddon's better.
0: Oh, yeah, right. It always was. <laughs> but that had Morgan Freeman in it. That has a young
1: Elijah Wood.
0: It does have a young Elijah
1: Wood. Morgan Freeman in it was great. Yeah, uh, he was, he was great. Elijah Wood was. Well, I mean, Elijah Wood was Elijah Wood. Um, mm-hmm. Who else was? Leone's in that. Mm-hmm. Um, few other people. Yeah. So I mean, it wasn't bad, but when you're comparing it to Armageddon, it's in hard. our minds, it's not nearly oh, as yeah. good. Robert Duvall, he's in yeah. that too. So yeah, there's that's yeah, pretty. There's a lot of famous people on that um space shuttle. star a lot, of, yes. a lot of recognizable faces on that space shuttle.
0: Right. Anyways. All right, let's get into the categories. So, category 1, rankings. This is the end on Rotten Tomatoes has an 83%. That is crazy high.
1: That is crazy. I I, I didn't I wouldn't have expected it to be that high. It's uh, high, yes, but that high? Like That's like that's like certified fresh Rotten Tomatoes.
0: It is. And then you go to IMDb and it's 6.6. 6. So the, I think we could say that a lot of the critics really appreciated it. And maybe the fans were kind of on the fence. But you know what? Honestly, a lot of these numbers are probably driven down low, especially a movie mm-hmm. like that, because of like, oh, it was foul language. And I didn't know that before I started watching this movie. And uh, Seth wrote, I mean, just
1: look who's in it. Of course, it's going to be foul language. Stupid
0: adults who like watch these films because of their kids. Revi- with their kids and now they're upset about it and I'll, oh or because this has a lot of uh religious undertones right i mean it's about the rapture i guarantee and, you there are people that went on there just to rate it a one because it's sacrilegious and they, no one can have a sense of humor about things anymore so yeah that's yeah my, sorry, totally that's, true that's my, my box.
1: you could you 2013 you could probably still have a sense of humor but this movie comes out now and it's gets and it gets shredded
0: yeah, but I went I went back and looked at some ratings, and anyone wants to go check it out themselves. Like a lot of the ratings are recent ratings, so it's like okay, get a oh, life, never. dude.
1: That's like people. That's like people giving Robert Downey Jr. a hard time for, for um, what? Is it? Tropic a Thunder.
0: Tropic trop, Thunder.
1: Like right. they, you know, a movie goes away, people rediscover, it and it's like, oh my god that's so controversial that he played blackface. It's like, did you, but did you watch the movie? Cause he's making fun of it the entire time.
0: Yeah. So, it's, it's satirical whatever. and it's pointing out how ridiculous people are that ever have done
1: and, that. and ridiculous Hollywood is.
0: And how ridiculous Hollywood is <laughs> for him having embraced that for so many years until recently, where all of a sudden it's like, Oh, that is a bad thing. You're right. Like, no duh. Of course it's a terrible thing. And that's what they're
1: mocking the entire time. I don't know. It, so. We could, we could have an all have an entire episode on that. So, uh, Armageddon right. Rotten Tomatoes 38%. Wow.
0: I'm not I'm not shocked by this cuz when you t- when you listen to like super pretentious
1: movie critics, they just rail this movie like oh it's d- predictable, it's like you know what's going to happen, but for me like it, my my main character is did it entertain me? Yes? Then it's then that's all that matters. This like, movie is is, is, in- is, is this in- going to win any awards? It actually did get nominated for four academy awards for well for song and for like effects yeah and then imdb was 6.7 just a tick higher yeah okay so this is the end so this is the end i would
0: say wins that totally talking, talking the winner of that one all right mm-hmm. on, to, on to writer this is the end written by evan goldberg and seth rogan they are pretty much a well-known dynamic duo here are some other things they've written together. So we, I kind of grouped everything together since they did this together also. They've written Superbad, Pineapple Express, The Green Hornet, Goon, which is incredibly underrated. If you haven't God, seen Goon. I love that movie. See Goon. Great sports movie, in my opinion. They also wrote
1: Sausage Party and an awesome show called Preacher. I don't think I've ever seen or heard. No, I think I've heard of Preacher. I haven't seen it.
0: Well, see it.
1: See it? okay i'll have to see it so armageddon uh written by jonathan hensley who also did the punisher the saint and die hard with a vengeance and jj abrams who it's jj abrams he did lots of stuff
0: yeah and we should mention this is also a jerry bruckheimer film which is you know you can tell just by the the way that it's made clearly a jerry bruckheimer film yeah it
1: is it's totally
0: And it's Bruckheimer Bay, like that's just kind of anyway. So as far as writing credits are concerned, this is really tough because these are such different types of films and movies that they've both done. Personally, if I'm like looking at the list of these, these things, the ones that I'm going to go back and watch more often, I'm probably going to give a nod to Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogan, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I have to agree. I mean, there's a, I mean, of the of the movies that we listed, Die Hard with a Vengeance certainly is something that I rewatch. But The Saint and The Punisher, no. But yeah, when you look at the other list, there's a lot of like, Goon, j- even that. Like, I'll watch that. All. I, you know, I've watched that numerous times. Pineapple Express, Superbad. We talked about Superbad. <laughs> oh, we almost talked about Superbad for the for the last day of school episode. So yeah, I'll give the nod to them.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's hard to, like, take that over J.J. Abrams because Loss is one of my favorites. Felicity, I mean, everyone remembers Felicity, at least the haircut if you're a 90s kid. Regarding Henry is maybe Harrison Ford's most underrated performance, if I have to say. But I'd rather watch those Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogen films over and over again. So, all right, this is the end for us. On to director. <laughs> Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogen again. Now, here are a few things they have directed together. This is directed. They directed the interview and also a few episodes of Preacher and a few episodes of a show called Future Man, which I believe is on Amazon. No, that's, I think it's actually on Hulu. That's mm-hmm. another one that is a pretty underrated TV show. I've seen some previews of it and watched an episode. It's really great.
1: And Armageddon, Michael Bay. It's Michael Bay. The Rock the entire Transformer series, Pearl Harbor, Bad Boys 2, the Netflix film Six Underground. And when I was like, he did a ton of music videos too. Like that's how he got his start.
0: I was was listening to another episode another podcast about him recently. And basically he came out with saying like essentially he was ready if Armageddon didn't do well to just go back to making music videos. Like that was kind of his he's like, oh well, I'll just I'll just keep doing that. And mm-hmm. this movie, while it wasn't a critical success, it was a huge box office success. It office made money.
1: Yeah,
0: made it, it made a lot of, a lot of money. money. So who are you going with director here?
1: I, I got to give the nod to Michael Bay. Just, I mean, he it's it's cookie cutter. Like all those movies are, I won't say they're the same movies, but they it's all action. There's no drama in there at all, but they're all wildly successful.
0: I... I couldn't agree he's, with you more. He's,
1: he's sticking to the formula and it's working.
0: I mean, I mean, listen, all those other Michael Bay movies that are, that are listed on there. I. I okay. not all of them, I really like any bad boys, even the most recent one. It's very entertaining. Mm-hmm. The rock is freaking amazing.
1: The rock is awesome.
0: The original transformers. The first couple were I thought were really great, especially the first one, it got a little off the rails there. Uh, the only one on there that I wouldn't like endorse would be Pearl Harbor. But
1: yeah, I don't yeah. see that one again.
0: Michael Bay. I'm going Armageddon too. Michael Bay. Okay. So this one. All right. The next category best main characters. So I'm just going to list the main actors for this is the end because they are playing themselves. So we've got James Franco, Jonah Hill, Seth Rogen, Jay Burashell. That's how you say it. Danny McBride. I so. And. Craig Robinson
1: and for Armageddon you've got Bruce Willis Ben Affleck Liv Tyler and Billy Bob Thornton
0: yeah so and and Willis plays Stamper Harry Stamper um Mm -hmm. Affleck plays AJ Billy Bob plays a guy you don't really hear his name very often but he's kind of running the show Truman
1: Truman the NASA director yeah yeah
0: and then Liv Tyler plays Harry's daughter Grace. So, <laughs> I mean, listen, I want to go with this is the end on this one, but I don't think, I
1: don't think you, you can. Got to go with Armageddon?
0: Are you kidding? Armageddon. I mean, just Bruce Willis alone and Ben Affleck right there. Those right, yeah,
1: just the top two. But then you add, you know, Liv Tyler, who's been in a ton of, and Billy Bob Thornton, who's been in a ton of stuff from from comedies to to dramas. Yeah. yeah, you gotta. It's it's Armageddon. They just there's more. There's more weight. There's more. I like all the actors, and this is the end. But yeah,
0: I think the only way okay. that this is the end would win if we were talking about like what group has the best on screen screen chemistry together. I think those six, like them, locked in that room or the house together, that is just comedy gold like everything yes, they're is. doing whether they're paired off or they're in groups of three they're all together or they're you know they're being serious so they're joking around razzing each other they're, they're stoned like everything that's happening doesn't matter it's it's just amazing
1: absolutely oh, i totally but, agree
0: but if we're talking like as far as acumen and like who just brings the heat we will get to say armageddon what well,
1: acumen resume like all that stuff yeah it's yeah it's armageddon okay.
0: secondary okay. secondary this one's gonna be a little tougher i think I think so. Secondary characters. This is the end. We've got again. They're all playing themselves. Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah. Emma. I'll I'll tell you why I'm laughing later on about Michael Sarah. If you've seen the movie, saw. if you've seen the movie, you know why I'm laughing. Because he's amazing in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Emma Watson, Mindy Kaling, David Crumholtz. Which, if you don't know who David Crumholtz is, he's from a lot of stuff in like the '90s. But most, well, this is even still in the '90s. Ten Things I Hate About You. Mm-hmm. He's the guy that gets the dick drawn on his face. Um, Christopher Mintz-Plasse, Place, is... McLovin. McLovin, thank you. Rihanna. Martin Starr, who's just amazing. He's freaks and geeks, and, and there's so many more, more things after that. I mean, Kevin Hart, who's arguably the biggest actor in the world right now, at least definitely top three, top five maybe, at the, at the worst. Aziz Ansari, and my, one of my personal favorites, Jason Segel.
1: So for Armageddon, uh, also, that's a a solid list. Another solid list for Armageddon. Owen Wilson, Steve Buscemi, Will Patton, William Fincher, Michael Clark Duncan, Peter Stormare, and Jason Isaacs. Yeah,
0: and let me just give the character names real quick. Wilson plays Oscar. Buscemi plays Rockhound. Who's the next one on there? Will Patton. Will Patton plays Chick. And then we've got Michael Clark Duncan. He plays Bear. Stormare plays the Russian, which we don't really hear his name very often, but his name is Andropov. Uh, yeah. Um, who am I forgetting there? Um, Jason Isaacs. Jason Isaacs. He plays Ronald Quincy, the smartest guy in the room.
1: And then William Fichtner.
0: William Fichtner. We got to say, uh, dude, he's awesome. He's uh, Colonel Willie Sharp. Yeah. Okay. I, w- I-, I want to hear your thoughts oh, first before I get is... my thoughts, because... I'm struggling with this one. He, this okay. is
1: hard. Like I almost want to like call it a tie, but
0: so, here's here's the hard part about this. So if if we're talking like if we're if we were doing this in the first decade of the 2000s, Armageddon wins. If we're doing this in the second day, decade of the 2000s, I think that it's probably pretty close to a tie. But now, like near the end, I think those secondary characters and this is the end is actually. They're more well known now because if you think about Mindy cowling you think about Kevin Hart, Emma, Emma Watson. Emma Watson, like just those three alone. I mean, a couple of these other people have kind of fallen Jason off Siegel. a little bit. Yeah, like the stuff they're doing. Rihanna. I mean, the stuff they're doing now in the last, let's say, five years is is the other the people at Armageddon are like not even really around anymore. Some of them are just kind of bit parts in television shows, sort of like
1: secondary. Except for, for bushemi because he's just in everything.
0: Well, he well that he's he's he never he doesn't age so um he's looked the same age since 1994 basically so i think that we should we should say tie i hate to like kind of not... no I'll, you know
1: i'll put my foot down and i'll say this is the end
0: yeah okay all right i am okay with that if you were going to be positive or you know strongly feel one way or the other i was going to go with it but I, but but you get you know what i'm saying though if we go back maybe 10 years it's a little bit more of a discrepancy number one because a lot of these people haven't made a name for themselves yet but also because even though they were doing things they weren't like at the height of their power these people are at the height of their power a lot of them are
1: Mm -hmm. absolutely
0: okay all right this is the end this is the end all right so best deep cut characters this is the end Paul Rudd makes a very brief appearance (laughs) and he's just again another guy who hasn't aged since he was in clueless probably which is yeah. in the nineties, Channing Tatum, who this is this is definitely his uh, his most how would you how would you put it? I'm trying to think of the type of role that he's in this, um, out of character role, I guess maybe. Yeah, probably. And then also, I mean, we got to give a shout out to all the Backstreet Boys. Thanks for making an appearance, fellas. Sorry, spoiler alert, my bad. If you have not seen the movie,
1: they. They sing they, the ending. They, mon- they song make an mon- appearance,
0: yeah.
1: and then Armageddon. Not really as many. Like you really had to search for these. Um, Eddie Griffin. He's at the very, very beginning of the movie. Um, Michael Bay actually does make an uncredited appearance, and Keith David. I like Keith David a lot, by the way. If you
0: don't know who Keith Keith David is, he was in a bunch of like random horror films like growing up like he's in the thing he's in they live he was in princess and the frog he's just in a bunch of random at look him up because you'll you'll be like oh i know that guy from who knows what you know him from but he's he's in a ton of things you know yep yeah he has 323 acting credits so he's (laughs) he's a a working actor yeah well I mean, I think this is kind of an easy, even though I just sold Keith David on being awesome. I still got to go with this is the end on this one. That's right.
1: Yep. That
0: That
1: is that is is the right answer.
0: Okay. All right. Favorite scenes. So I think that for this is the end, the movie is kind of broken up into essentially three parts. And the first part is pre disaster. And so they're all at the party and they're all hanging out at Franco's house. And it's all these celebrities kind of mingling. The middle part is basically, oh crap, the world's gone to hell. Now they're trying, like literally, and now they're trying to figure out like what's going on. How do I survive? And then the second part is, or the third part is, we're on the move, and it's kind of like the the climax of the film. Like we have to leave the house, and like what's going to happen to us now?
1: Well, I think, and it's also like they figure out that they can they can still be saved. It's not completely. It's not written in stone for them. So then they're not necessarily on a mission to like do good, but like they understand that they have to, they've got to do something to save themselves.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, yep. All right. First favorite scene, the whole, just the whole party scene. I, 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 I grouped it all into one because it's all just,
1: because it's, it's all great.
0: It's, it's pretty quick little, little snips. So like you've got, Michael, Sarah and Rihanna hanging out and they're snorting Coke. And she, so fun fact about this one is that I know I don't want to ruin it. mind, It's going to happen. I'll I'll tell this. I'll tell the story later on, but they're snorting Coke and, and, and Sarah is just totally out of like his mind and like not doing like not being the Michael Sarah that you normally plays, which is very like quiet and reserved. You've got Jonah Hill and Jay. They're trying like Jonah Hill is trying real hard to be his like Jay's friend, the whole entire movie. That's kind of like a underlying like theme that they, Jay hates Jonah Hill. <laughs> uh, uh, Hart is like obsessed with how I met your mother and t- telling Jason Siegel as much. Jay Watson and Robinson are talking about like the hatred of Forrest Gump or how much Jay hates Forrest Gump. And the other two are like, how can you hate Forrest Gump? And then Michael Sarah walks up to oh, Mince. He goes hey does this coke smell funny and just blows, all blows it in his, <laughs> in his
1: face oh my god and he goes and then he, he goes, freaks out i've never done coke before he, goes, we oh, he to the- just did the best shit you're <laughs> like uh and then
0: sarah michael again these are all michael sarah sarah michael jonah hill walks in on michael sarah uh getting uh you know having a someone perform fellatio on almost
1: there. like having like an orgy and an orgy bathroom. pretty much because there they, were a couple of girls in there with him
0: And then uh, he's also got a little... He's got his little... uh, He's got a juice box. A juice box. Are you okay? Sippy time. Sip, sip. And just staring Jonah Hill in the eye while this is happening. And then that whole, whole party scene, basically it's Michael, Sarah, and a couple other people doing ridiculous stuff. Yeah. Then the sinkhole happens. And this is when the rapture begins. And Sarah, again, comes out when this is all happening and there are demons coming out of the ground. He says, hey, who stole my cell phone, man? And then he gets killed and dies aziz and heart like the whole thing they're falling into the their <laughs> aziz is falling in there and Hart try it's this whole thing um and just people falling in the sinkhole that that scene is great uh i love the the montage of danny mcbride coming to the next morning like he's apparently been at this party but has been passed out in a toilet for or in a bathtub all, all night. night
1: yeah so, she has no idea what's going on.
0: No idea what's going on. The night before, they have spent all this time basically uh, um, inventorying all their food and, and drink, and he comes down, and it's it's just it's just this. He's he's shooting finger guns and just makes this whole feast. giant feast and breakfast for everyone, and basically eats all of their food, cooks all their. Food. <laughs> okay, then the Emma Watson part where she kind of barges in. And they let her in, and then they're like basically saying like, "Hey, don't give off these rapey vibes." And all she hears is like "rape," and she comes out with an axe and like basically takes their <laughs> takes, takes all their st-
1: takes all their stuff, takes, takes all their water, all the stuff. Yeah, takes everything takes, they have to drink,
0: takes everything they have. Yeah. Um. Later on, the scene where Channing Tatum is, uh, I guess you would call him the the Gimp, the Gimp from yeah from Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. And Danny McBride has since left the house and now he's become the head of the cannibals. So that whole scene. And then and then, like, if you want to talk about an emotional scene, the part where um, Jay and uh, and uh, what's his name? Um, Seth and, and Seth Rogen finally get sucked up to heaven and they're playing the I will always love you song. <laughs> and that leads into the Backstreet Boys. Those are my favorite scenes
1: armageddon so this was an interesting one because there we didn't i mean there's a there's a lot of good scenes but not not a lot that you would call like like favorite scenes and some of them are more like sequences and they're not really like total scenes so you know at the very beginning just the entire the entire sequence of, of harry trying to shoot aj after he finds out that aj is sleeping with his daughter on an oil rig mm-hmm. um and everybody's trying to get in his way and she's trying to convince him not to uh, when all of the after they get you know called back they go to nasa they find out what's happening they're all being examined and tests tested so they're having colonoscopies they're having mental screenings they're having physical screenings they're having blood tests and just and obviously all these guys are a mess and they're not going to pass anything but just the entire sequence is just funny because there's some serious parts and then there's some really funny parts to like with with different characters doing different things and it's just it's a very entertaining one yeah. when <laughs> when they find out hey are we gonna have are we gonna get hazard pay for this the, the list of demands that they come up with and you know harry talks to truman and like, whoever the general or the colonel or the general is, and like just lists off their list of demands. And we'll go into that a little bit more detail later, too.
0: I think that's Keith David. I think he's sitting there listening to that. Listening oh, it is love. Keith
1: David. That's right. Ketabin. Um, <laughs> <could have been. laughs> uh, the, the refueling. So then also, you know, after they get training, when they all go on leave and they go to the strip club and they end up, you know, Rockhound takes out the takes out the sizable loan with a lot of points on it they go to the strip club they all get arrested and that's just a funny sequence again uh the the russian space station so they dock and just they first meet him and like even even truman's like he's been up there alone for 18 months so he might be a little (laughs) off and he is and he's hilarious
0: cosmonaut andropov he just he's lost his mind. <laughs> yeah,
1: he's he's totally lost his mind. Um, just the refueling, st- you know, refueling, having to get out though the whole thing explodes. It's great. Rockhound losing his mind on the asteroid itself again. Not really one scene, but just an entire sequence of him like having a good spot picked out, and then he has the Gatling gun and he just starts shooting, every- shooting at everything and trying to destroy the asteroid that way. And then they end up tying him up and like leaving him in the. The cargo bay, and then the final scene, just with you know AJ and Grace, you know getting married, and kind of you know just because it gives nice closure, kind of wraps everything up, and then you hear the Aerosmith song that everybody heard so many
0: times. Yeah, and that wedding sequence was actually like an addendum added on after the fact.
1: Right, that's not not originally how they were going to end the movie. They were. They were going to cut it short, but then they said, no, nah, we needed, they wanted to do something else to kind of give it a little bit more closure. So favorites. This well, is the end.
0: for this is the end. I got to go to the party scene. Yes. I mean, just that whole part. I just can't.
1: And probably for me, it's like the, just that's that sequence of does this Coke smell funny? Because right. that's just, <laughs> it's just a dick move. It's such a dick, move, but it's also just so funny. Yeah, it's
0: and and anything with Michael Cera in it. He's
1: yeah, Armageddon. What about Armageddon? Armageddon. This was tough for me. Um, I'd probably have to go with the whole testing and examination more sequence and not really a scene because that's just a lot of the comedy is in there. The characters' personalities come out. Um, I'm going
0: with that too. Only because, well, not only because, but uh, in a, uh, adding on to that, along with that kind of sequence. There's also the part where they're all getting rounded up, like, like, which, leads, right. r- which leads right into the testing. Like you know, uh, Michael car Duncan is he's going, come and get, get, get Papa bear. <laughs> come on, bear, and he's driving down the highway with like 50 cars behind him when he's on his motorcycle. Ghost. Owen Wilson is is riding goes through the
1: barricade.
0: Yeah, Owen Wilson's
1: riding down the hills on a on a horse. <laughs> he's getting chased. Just the whole that whole part. Chicks in Vegas, rockhounds in New Orleans, picking up a girl. Yeah, he goes. How old are you again? <laughs> On, do you, <laughs> uh, so yeah all right. okay.
0: agreed all right so let now let's talk about which movie had the best music i actually thought this was going to be like a definitive answer but i upon some further research it is it's, worth the conversation it it is it is so this is the end has a has everybody by backstreet boys actually the song is called everybody con- quotation mark marks no hold on Everybody, open parentheses, backstreets, back, close parentheses. I'm not why. I'm not sure why I can't spit those words out. No, that's alright. It's got.
1: We all not, know what song you're talking about. Yes,
0: <laughs> everybody. It's got Gangnam Style. It's got Paper Planes by M.I.A., which is a really great song. The next episode by Dre. I will always love you by Dolly Parton slash Whitney Houston. It's got Spirit in the Sky by Norman Greenbaum, which is a great song and The End of the Beginning by Black Sabbath. A lot of pretty good, big, heavy hitters there.
1: Armageddon has a lot of Aerosmith in Armageddon. Uh, I Don't Want to Miss a Thing, which was an original, by Aerosmith. Mr. Big Time by John Bon Jovi. Not Bon Jovi, not the group, just the individual. LaGrange by ZZ Top. A remake of Come Together by Aerosmith, which is actually pretty good. Sweet Emotion. By Aerosmith, "Leaving on a Jet Plane" by Chantal, Chantal, I can't say it. Krivyazuk. Kriviyazuk, and then "Pusher Man" by Curtis Mayfield. Uh, I was, you know, I was gonna say "Armageddon."
0: Before I even started doing any research on this, I'm like, "Well, that that don't want to miss a thing." Is like a Oscar-nominated winning song, song right? But man, there's a lot of really great songs and this is the end. So I'll let I'll let you I'll let you pick. What, what what's your choice? I'm gonna go Armageddon. Okay. I you know, I will too, just from for nostalgia purposes, because I that that I don't want to miss a thing is so incredibly like honestly tied into my childhood, my, my high school my high school life.
1: Your high school, yeah, dance life. Yeah, right, like all the proms and homecomings. The slow song, the slow jam.
0: But, man, it was tough, though, because I really like everybody. That was really college. That was a college song, for sure. Paper Planes, also.
1: Well, so mm. is next episode, because that was on Dre 2001, and that man. was... yeah, Or Dre 2000, sorry. So, I, think if yeah. you,
0: I think if you asked this question to me 10 years ago, I'm going this is the end, but like as I'm getting older, I think I'm more leading towards Armageddon. I agree. Okay. All right. Well, good. All right. Most obscure facts. There's some pretty funny ones on there this is the end so first of all and this if the reason i think i love this movie and a lot of movies like this by these these certain actors and actresses is that a lot of it is ad-libbed and a lot of it is kind of pushing the boundaries which is kind of what evan goldberg and seth rogan essentially do i mean if you if you look at the interview that's pretty much their job was to just piss off north korea
1: <laughs> oh and even when super came out like it <laughs> right. was it yeah. wasn't like anything you'd ever seen like they were they were pushing the boundaries with that movie.
0: So director Evan Goldberg actually created a game for himself while they were filming and the goal was to get as many cast members as possible to say, "No, I can't do that" or just get him to refuse to do something. And according to Goldberg, the only people he was not able to break were James Franco and Seth Rogen. So they, they <laughs> would awesome. do they did everything that he told them to do.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. Not surprising. So according to Seth Rogen, the plot his character suggests in the movie when asked what Pineapple Express 2 would be about is actually his real life idea for Pineapple Express sequel.
0: Yeah, and they acted out
1: <laughs> and they acted it out they're, with they're, some they're, terrible special effects. And
0: he's wearing the same unit, outfit that he was wearing. And I guess especially Frank, they both are
1: actually. Oh, well, yeah. I, I think Frank they all kept are. all his movie stuff.
0: I think they all are too. I think McBride's got his clothes on as well. Mm-hmm. For movie. the Robinson does too. Most of the paintings that could be seen hanging in the background were actually painted by James Franco himself. One of the, one of the, he's like he's like take take the franco leave the rogan. Not the, the rogan. rogan. Not, not, not the rogan. rogan. <laughs> the
1: the movie actually started as a fun short film titled Jay and Seth versus the Apocalypse. The short was created because their friend Jason Stone was graduating from USC and needed a calling card film. The idea for the short film was, how could we do the biggest giant movie for the cheapest possible budget? Evan came up with the concept for the short film, and it turned out so great that they immediately began discussing turning it into a a full movie.
0: And it actually took, the movie took six years to make happen because a lot of the actors schedules need to line up for it to be a reality. I mean, there's a lot of people in that film, so it makes sense. It would take a while to get everyone in it
1: that does uh, even especially even that like the that main group like they're so busy doing other things it was probably hard to just wrangle those guys let alone everybody else that's in it yeah um emma watson's role was originally scripted for mila kunis which uh, probably was i think she would have been she would have done a good job too especially knowing like what emma watson's like what her character did i think mila kunis would have been good at that too
0: yeah, I think, I think she would have been, done, done a fine job. The only thing difference is I think Mila Kunis seems a little more... She would have been... It would have been less funny. Not that it wouldn't have been funny. It would have been less funny when she goes crazy and starts swinging the axe at, at the guys and basically is like, I'm going to beat you up or kill you because she just seems tougher. It was a little bit more out of character for Emma Watson to do that. Not to say definitely. that she isn't like that in real life, but that's when you're Hermione Granger. It's, you know...
1: Right, definitely.
0: According to Seth Rogen... of the movie was ad lib, but Evan Goldberg actually says it was close to 85%. (laughs) So
1: that's a lot. That's a lot of ad-libbing. Originally, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg asked Sony for a 40 million to $45 million budget, but Sony was nervous about the plot of the movie and refused. Rogen and Goldberg then asked Sony what amount they would be comfortable giving while still letting Rogen and Goldberg maintain the creative control, and Sony said $32 million, and they took it.
0: Yeah, and the main cast actually took significant pay cuts in order to help Rogan and Goldberg essentially budget for the movie. And here's the funny thing, is that it eventually grossed $126 million. So pretty good investment by everybody. Not bad. Especially for a comedy, an R-rated comedy at that.
1: No, definitely. Uh, So let's, let's dive into some fun facts on Armageddon. So regarding the film's premise, Ben Affleck asked director michael bay would it be easier for nasa to train astronauts how to drill rather than drillers being trained to be astronauts they told Affleck to shut up (laughs) besides (laughs) the reasoning behind sending drillers rather than train astronauts is explained in the movie (laughs) yeah all right well we'll, it is and we and we will we'll discuss that later too let's,
0: let's get on that later that's interesting Michael Bay had the actors write their list of demands on the papers from which Bruce Willis read. So basically, like when that scene happened, it was not necessarily scripted out. And so the reactions from people while while Bruce Willis is reading that is pretty genuine.
1: I wonder if he genuinely couldn't read Michael Clark Duncan's handwriting said, <laughs> when it said white horse it's like why does he what white horse
0: i hope i hope that's what happened i hope I'm that's freaking... true we'll
1: Honestly. have to figure that out um speaking of bruce willis he was he said that he did not care for michael bay's directing style and refused to work with him again
0: yeah i think bruce willis has had that with a couple other other directors
1: and when you're uh, bruce willis you can you can do that especially at that point in his career and even now
0: yeah I mean, you're bruce willis Michael Clark Duncan actually improvised the line we said earlier, come and get Papa Bear, and it became one of the actor's nicknames.
1: It's a very fitting nickname, if you you think about it. Michael Bay thinks Armageddon is his worst film. I will apologize for Armageddon. He said, quote, I will apologize for Armageddon because we had to do the whole movie in 16 weeks, which is ridiculous. You think about the size of that movie in 16 weeks. Mm -hmm. He told the Miami Herald in 2013, it was a massive undertaking the, that was not fair to the movie. I would redo the entire third act if I could.
0: Yeah, and, he, and it, even though it only took that many weeks to film, it took over a year of his life to actually make. And over 2,700 people worked on it. And it was just really tough production, apparently.
1: And the dog at, in the opening was trained specifically to destroy Godzilla dolls. They shipped the dog onto the set at the price of $20,000 a day. They had to hold cardboard boxes in front of the Godzilla do- dolls to keep the dog from destroying them until it was time. They also notes that as a rule, you never kill a dog. Well, yeah, I'm glad
0: that, I'm glad the dog lived and you also got to, I mean, this is what's interesting. There's, there's the theme here about a lot of animosity towards the movie Godzilla, which came out pretty much around
1: the same time, right? Right. Yep. Right around the same time. Yep.
0: Like, was that the Godzilla that had the, uh, Puff Daddy song?
1: Puff Daddy and Jimmy Page with that's Cashmere. Right. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Jimmy Page, that's right. <laughs> I just remember the music video. It was, it was all, It's all like blacks and blues and grays and it's in the rain. And he, and yeah, Page is is playing in the, in that building as it's like being destroyed around. Anyway, it was very, I think it's supposed to be a very visually appealing and, and dramatic music video.
1: maybe michael bay was resentful because he wanted to do that music video
0: mm, wouldn't surprise me it was a good it was a good music video it was, it was a good one so ben affleck's teeth were replaced in armageddon or while armageddon was was filmed bay noticed early in production that affleck's affleck's and again we this we think this is true we did some research online but it, it may not be true but according to the internets he actually had affleck noticed or bay noticed that affleck had some baby teeth And basically, Bruckheimer had previously replaced the teeth of a very famous star in a plane movie. And so Affleck actually spent eight hours a day in a dentist chair for a week to get the teeth you you see in the film now. These teeth cost roughly $20,000. And in case you're wondering, Armageddon cost $140 million. So basically, that's not much of a percentage of the cost just to fix those teeth.
1: <laughs> that's not a dent in the budget that's, 140 million that's too a lot much of money. yeah uh the armadillo vehicle in the film was built specifically for armageddon nasa doesn't really have anything like it it cost a million dollars and according to bay it never broke down evidently they never took it past 3,000 miles without getting in the oil changed pro that's tip hey
0: yeah, that's a good it's a good investment i guess Corinna Bruckheimer, Armageddon has roughly 250 effect shots. Before that, the most producer that it ever oversaw, or the the film that had the most other effect shots was 80 by Crimson Tide, or in the movie Crimson Tide.
1: Mm -hmm. I butchered that one. That's okay. The (laughs) production on Armageddon shot over a million feet of Kodak film. As Bay notes, when you shoot over a million feet of Kodak film, the film company sends you a gift basket with six bottles of Corbel champagne. And he doesn't really understand why six bottles. Or he never understood why he got six bottles of champagne. I mean, that's the least code I can do. Yeah, when you're buying that much film from him. A million certainly.
0: feet of film. Uh, the scene where Willis is saying goodbye to Liv Tyler was actually shot on the first day of shooting. And he was using pictures of his daughters to deliver the performance.
1: It's very, very smart. And we talked about this a little bit earlier. Armageddon was originally going to end on the tarmac, but Bay and Affleck agreed that they needed to show his character and Liv Tyler getting married. It was Affleck's idea to shoot a lot of the wedding celebration with a Super 8 camera and include include this footage over the credits. These shots were actually done using Affleck's own Super 8 camera. Which the
0: Super 8 camera has kind of been a thing in the last 15 years. I don't, I don't want to say this is what like, started, but that's definitely... A type of filming um, Mm -hmm. strategy, I guess you want to call it. Yep. Um, Bruckheimer remembers getting a call from Bay during post-production one day. Bay explained to the producer that he had heard Godzilla was going to have a full soundtrack. Back to the Godzilla, man. More Godzilla. and And didn't know why Armageddon didn't. Like, how dare Godzilla have this and we don't. They had a song they wanted to use, I Don't Want to Miss a Thing, written by Diane Warren. And Bruckheimer and Bay decided they wanted Aerosmith to perform it. They invited the band to come to the editing room and watch clips from the film. And Aerosmith was so blown away, they recorded the song three days later. And, and a few
1: other songs, too. They and, allowed and, to yeah, use. used used a few others. Uh, by the time of its release, this was the Walt Disney Company's highest grossing live action film without adjustment for inflation. And that was the gross nearly $554 million worldwide
0: yeah so while a it was successful movie while it wasn't critically accepted or acclaimed man it made a lot of money at the box office that's a crap ton of money all right favorite quotes so
1: Ooh, this is tough <laughs> does this coke smell funny <laughs> i mean
0: yeah we are that's that's definitely one of the favorite ones this is the end so hermione just stole all of our shit <laughs> uh Jonah Hill Jonah a, Hill
1: is so pretentious in this movie. It's so Dear great. Dear God,
0: it's me, Jonah Hill, from Moneyball. <laughs> uh, who says this, McBride? It McBride James says. Franco didn't suck any dick last night. Now I know y'all are tripping. <laughs> uh, this is one I say a lot. Fuck has got to go. He's got to go. Got to go. <laughs> I say that often. After Jonah Hill has a visit from the... Uh, a demon demon. the devil
1: something yeah
0: he's he's doing his video recording next day says something um not that chill happened last night uh this is also something i say often to my wife normally uh it's too late seth i've already walked away too much this is this is when mcbride is being asked to leave the house and afterwards like no come back and he's and that's when he says it's too late i've already i've already walked away too much uh again jonah hill A huge earthquake happens. Who do you rescue first? Ask uh, actors. They'll rescue Clooney, Sandra Bullock, me. If there's room, you guys can come. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then again, McBride, you don't have enough bullets, bitch. I, I mean, I I like the guts to go, or or the Coke, or the Coke one. Is this how does this?
1: I mean, probably of this one, and and it's and. I hadn't seen this movie in years when I rewatched it. So I, I remember like, I knew that it was ridiculous, but I forgot a lot of the lines that actually happened and how ridiculous Michael Sarah was in general. When I rewatched this earlier this week, um, the, the James Franco line, James Franco didn't suck any dick last night. Now I know y'all are tripping. That was just yeah, like, the whole back and forth. But then it ended with that was just, it was great.
0: Yeah. I also say sippy time, sip, sip a lot.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I don't know. I, I don't know why. Just whenever I'm drinking like, you know, a, a juice box or something like that, a, a smoothie, I'll go sippy time, yeah. sip, sip.
1: sippy, 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 sip. You want to sip? <laughs> <laughs> All right.
0: All right. Armageddon's
1: got some pretty good ones, too. Armageddon does have some pretty good ones. Um, So just the request scene when they were 56 tickets in seven states, bringing back eight track tapes we talked about it staying in the white horse for the summer you guys wouldn't be able to tell us who killed kennedy would you no and they don't want to ever pay taxes again ever
0: (laughs) which i think is a reasonable
1: request i think if they if you're being asked to save the world i think that's the least you know that that's at least that's the least they can do is just make sure you never have to pay taxes again yeah um and some of these we won't go into too much detail but it's more of um just the quote, like when Willie Sharp requests to shake Miss Stamper's hand after they after they after they touch down. Uh, this one, which is just brilliant, after the the guy discovers it and he says, the guy who names her gets to just a guy who finds her gets the name her, right? He's like, well, I want to name her after my wife. I want to name her Dottie after my wife. She's a vicious, life sucking bitch from which there is no escape. <laughs> yeah. Such- uh, well, that's, that's, that's sweet. Um, mm-hmm. The, uh, the, the scene where, what's the guy, what's his name again? The, the, the character's Oscar I- name. Oscar Isaacs. Oscar Isaacs. He's talking about the chief medical advisor or the chief science advisor for the president went to MIT. You got a C minus in astrophysics and yeah, you probably don't want to listen to that guy. All right. Okay, what was his name? Ronald, Ronald Quincy, Ronald Quincy, Ronald Quincy. And then just the Russian a bunch of cowboys (laughs) i like i like that one more uh and there's there's a few of these from rockhound actually so a busted ship and i'm strapped in here i had a great spot picked out out there um (laughs) yeah just and and that's kind of you know when he's slowly starting to lose his mind and getting what they call space dementia Another one from Rockhound. Do you want to compare brain pans? I won the Westinghouse Prize when I was 12. Big deal. Publishers 19, so what? I got a double doctor from MIT at 22, chemistry and geology. I taught at Princeton for two and a half years. Why do I do this? Because the money's good, the scenery changes, and they let me use explosives. Just a great I think, I think
0: it just demonstrates that he's just a total loose cannon. He's brilliant, but he's also a complete nut job.
1: And he'll do whatever he wants to. And then this one where it's just... It really, it really, it's 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 the end of it. But it's okay. So, scariest environment imaginable. All right, thanks. That's all you got to say. Scariest environment imaginable.
0: That's that's another line that I I don't even know what, how it comes up in organically in conversation. But that's that's one. That's my favorite quote of all these. Just to put it out there.
1: Yeah. And then more of this is almost like rockhound being rockhound. Of you know we're sitting on four million pounds of fuel, one nuclear weapon, and a thing that has two hundred seventy thousand moving parts that was built by the lowest bidder. Makes you feel good, doesn't it? <laughs> It's a commentary
0: on government contracting.
1: Favorite? I got it with name in the name of the asteroid. It's just a, it's short, it's sweet. I do like the one that we just talked about as far as like the lowest bidder, just because it's, 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 it it holds true and it's very true, but just she's a vicious life sucking sucking bitch from which there is no escape. It's probably my favorite line.
0: Scariest environment imaginable. That's all you got to say. Scariest environment imaginable. (laughs) Scene Stealer. The answer is clear, but I'm gonna go ahead and give at least a couple different nominees. This is the end. Danny McBride. He is very charismatic and a likable asshole <laughs> throughout the entire movie. Mm-hmm. The Backstreet Boys, I mean, they're all decked out in white and, and they and, and blue, I think, looking 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 real sharp. But it's I mean it's gotta go to
1: Michael Sarah. It's Michael Sarah. Yeah. It's Michael Sarah. He's great. He's great. He's great. He's not in it for very long, but when he is, it's it's gold.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh Armageddon, not too many. Um, really, when you think about this movie, it's Steve Buscemi, just because of, again, who his character is. Like he's he's brilliant and he's kind of a dick. And Peter Stormare, the Russian cosmonaut. So I'm going Peter Stormare. I am too. All right. I Good. think I, I, I like Steve Buscemi, but, like, I think Stormair is more of a scene. He's in less scenes, but in all of them, like, even though he's not maybe not saying anything or has a few lines, it's all about him.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, when he's with Affleck, like, he is he's in control of those scenes over Affleck. Totally. Which is hard to do. Well, maybe not as hard to do back in the late 90s, but definitely a difficult thing to do regardless. And he was ascending at this time. Totally. He was on the, he was on the way up. All right. So a little bit of impact slash nostalgia for this is the end. I mean, I, I personally just love that. They are essentially mocking celebrities, but also mocking themselves. And I honestly, I think that even being religious, like I think religions should be able to be mocked. And I think that if religious people can't take it, then they don't understand, uh, sarcasm or comedy. Or, I mean, and I think that's they, they took that on. It's a risky thing to do to kind of I don't even know if they're making fun of the, ra- the rapture, but they're definitely looking at it from a different perspective. that isn't like all about the Bible. And I, I, I think the way they did it was very clever. And I think it works. And I enjoy that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. And and I agree, like, especially what you were just talking about with the rapture. It's like not just, I wouldn't even say they're making fun of the rapture. They're making fun of actors because yeah, you guys are not we're not getting saved. Because right. we're not, you know, they weren't genuinely good people until the very end. But anybody that was good, you know, they got saved. And if you're not tough shit,
0: it is. It is funny that that none of the celebrities have any clue what is going on. It takes them comically long to figure out that this is. The Rapture, <laughs>
1: like, oh yeah, because they were in the they were in the convenience store and people were getting sucked up by blue light, blue light. But, but and they then they, they go even, back to the party. It's like, well, nobody here got sucked up by blue light. Well,
0: but they don't even know. what It takes them a long time to even like know what to be educated on what the Rapture is. They they're like,
1: there's <laughs> religion in general. Like they had their, like, <laughs> right? Yeah, Jay had to pull out a Bible and read it. They to, had to
0: do some research. They had no
1: clue this is even a thing that could exist. I'm, I'm surprised <laughs> that he had a Bible in his house. To be honest with you,
0: it was probably decorative.
1: <laughs> maybe best-selling book of all time um Armageddon for me it's it's less about the movie and it's more about the soundtrack and specifically that song I don't want to miss a thing by Aerosmith like that, I'd have to probably do some research and I probably should have as far as how many times that song was played during the late nineties and the early two thousands was astronomical. You could not turn on a radio and not hear that song every 50, probably every 30 minutes. Like if you're just flipping around, it was everywhere. And it just got, for me, it just like, it got old fast.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But it did. I mean, it was incredibly powerful. It was a, it was a, (laughs) it actually was okay. Here we go. It stayed at number one for four weeks at the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 from September 5th to September 26th. It also and it did that in other countries too: Australia, mm-hmm. Ireland, Norway, United Kingdom, just a ton. So, yeah, you don't often think- you don't really see a lot of. I mean, I guess unless you're th- talking like Bond, Bond songs, you don't really see a lot of original works like have that much critical not even critical like like box office acclaim or or like sell that many records or albums basically
1: no absolutely so and the movie's good but i think that like the nostalgia of the movie is not necessarily around that it's more around at least in my opinion more around the song
0: yeah i mean I, i i i again i i genuinely enjoy this movie this is this is what i call a good drunk movie like you don't you don't need to be paying full attention you can be Sitting around talking with people, you can wander outside, but when you sit down and you like turn your head to the screen, you're gonna be like entertained by what's happening. Absolutely. But you, but, but you but but you don't need to be listening to everything they're saying. Like you can figure it out. You you in, get
1: what's going on. There's no in, in typical Jerry Brockheimer, Michael Bay fashion. Yeah. That's that's you know, we'll listen to all the other movies that we listed earlier. Like those are the same type of films. The rock, same type of film, Transformers same type of film yeah it's gonna entertain you no matter where you sit down and look at it
0: and there's nothing wrong with every once in a while being entertained by a film and not having it doesn't have to have some deep meaningful um yeah. impact on your life and it also doesn't have to always make sense because there are a lot of things that do not make sense in this movie there are and that's what i like about it lessons learned i mean for this is the end it's basically just don't be a shitty person <laughs> i mean i think that's pretty clear yeah, right? and nice.
1: Armageddon, it's, you know, watch out for giant asteroids.
0: And there will always be a, a team of astronauts and drillers that, can, that will save the world.
1: Yeah, we're always looking up. But as Truman said, it's a big-ass sky. <laughs> yeah. So they may. Uh, we'll see. They can't right. see everything.
0: So I had some questions about this is the end. I know you got some questions about Armageddon. So let's just some thoughts I was having.
1: Yeah, kind of questions, comments, yeah.
0: Yeah, so... So, at the beginning of the movie, there's this whole like back and forth between Seth and Jay, and they're just talking about ridiculousness. Kind of like this is, and this is, these were new age fads as far as what to eat, like Mm -hmm. gluten intolerance. Like, is that, is that a thing? Is that a real thing still? Is that a thing? I think,
1: I think so, because I think, I want to say Pascal might have one, but like, yeah, I mean, there's people that have gluten intolerance. It might not be like, it's just, it's the same thing as like a lactose intolerant, like that. Just you know, some people it just doesn't sit well with them. I think gluten's the same, the same way, but it just recently got discovered.
0: Well, what what movie that. is that from? Where he's like, everything's gluten. That's gluten. This is gluten. This
1: is gluten. Oh God, what the hell is that? I can't remember.
0: Are you supposed to shit six times a day, as uh, Seth or Jay mentions?
1: I don't. I don't know. I'm not. Well, I'm no doctor, but I don't. That's a lot. That seems a lot. I feel like a that's a lot. I feel like if you're doing that six times a day, something might be wrong.
0: Or you're going to, like, injure yourself. I mean... Blow out
1: your O-ring. Drop a lung.
0: I tell you what. If, yeah, if, you, if you're doing that, you better get a, a bidet. I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah, totally. All right. So here's a fun question. If you spent the whole afternoon, as Jay and Seth do at the beginning of the movie, smoking just copious amounts of pot or whatever, what food snacks and entertainment would you want
1: so i would probably need my xbox because i would probably be playing video games well okay so like let's be
0: specific so what what so i'm i'm I'm, I'm playing i'm playing zelda that's what i'm playing
1: i have no idea what i'm playing it's (laughs) probably i mean it's probably a combination of a few things so it's probably some sports games but then yeah, probably some rpgs So if, if you're with me whether it's you if know, you're with an Assassin's Creed or okay. it's the Witcher or whatever, like it'll, it'll be something like that because a, kind of a game that you can kind of get lost in. If you and I are together, we're playing
0: a Zelda game that you can help me. We can, we can play together as we've done many times
1: before. Yeah, we have done that many, many <laughs> times in the past.
0: Teamwork. I'll play, you tell me what to do. And then when it gets to a part that I can't beat, you can beat it.
1: Somehow I, somehow I beat it on the first try and then we continue.
0: Teamwork. <laughs> food snacks i need some ice cream i would like some like mint chocolate ice cream I'm, I'm wanting some gummy bears or gummy worms probably gummy worms actually with that and then stuffed crust pizza, stuffed pizza. <laughs> <laughs> all right so there's there's give me a comment.
1: big like one of those huge things of cheese balls there you go yo, no actually yo, and i was see. thinking about this i was actually thinking about this question that or One of those giant bags of popcorn that you can get from Deerberg's. Give me one of those.
0: The ones that are like you sit on the ground, like the the bottom of the bags on the ground and the top while you're in a recliner is all the way up to like your knees.
1: (laughs) Give me one of those. Yep.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Is there anyone at that party that like should have been raptured in the movie? I feel like there are some characters I'm surprised weren't raptured. Like I I, I wrote down Paul Rudd, Emma Watson and Jason Segel.
1: And I agree with that list. Yeah. You know, again, we don't know their personal lives, but yeah, with what we know of them, it seems like they probably would have been saved, but I yeah. guess not. Um.
0: So I was kind of confused about the, the, the possession part with Jonah Hill, like that the previous night is when the devil or a demon, you know, rapes him. Uh, how come it takes until the next day for him to be possessed? Seems like a like a delayed reaction
1: yeah that's a good point because i mean yeah i agree it did start with the whole you know rape the night before but it was kind of a slow onset possession it wasn't it wasn't right away okay
0: i i I, there's no answer this is this is an unanswerable question all right if you let's list let's each list like three celebrities that from what you know of them they should be raptured and maybe three who probably shouldn't be
1: <laughs> so, yeah. I say, so I would so just uh, off the top of my head i um I think Adrian Grenier the lead actor from Entourage would be would be raptured because he does he does a lot of work like he's mm-hmm. like I think he's a, he does a lot of work for the ocean and plastic and I think he he was one of his projects was like The Lonely Whale or maybe he was involved in that but like he does a lot of charitable work on like cleaning up the environment and you know, trying to make the world a better place. Um, from what I know, Leo also does the same thing. He's also involved in a lot of charity work, a lot of green environment, save the planet kind of stuff. And Tom Hanks, because it's Tom Hanks.
0: Oh, I'm, I, Tom Hanks is on my list for sure. I also said, I think Will Farrell. Um, yep, seems like everyone thinks he's a really nice guy. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what? Actually, I've heard kind of different reports on this. I've heard a lot of celebrities say, like, Will Ferrell is great. I've also heard a lot of like common, common folk, like us, regular people, say he's not the nicest. But also, you know, celebrities are constantly getting bombarded. So you can't judge the way they react every once in a while at the of fans. And
1: celebrities are people too. And they have bad days just like you and I do. And if you catch someone on a bad day, then. Sorry, tough shit.
0: Yeah. So you really, you really thought this through as far as like who gives back to charities. I was just thinking like who seems like a pretty cool. So I was gonna say
1: I I would think that like what because I think the idea of the rapture is not only like what you are, but it's who you are, but it's what you do. It was even even them. It's like they were trying to like compliment each other in the car, and it's like no guys, that's not gonna do it. Like it's we can't just say nice things about each other Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden get saved. We have to do something nice. So it's. (laughs) Trying yeah. to think of people that were, you know, trying to do good. So I was I'm sure th- there's way more.
0: I was going to throw also on that list Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling. They just seem like good people.
1: Sound like Emma Stone.
0: I do too. As far as who shouldn't be raptured, I really only wrote down one name and I, I'm trying to think of some other one. I was wrote down Tom Cruise. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I'm, not, I don't, I'm sure he's a nice guy, but uh, I don't think he's. Well, I, I mean, I don't actually know that. I Ooh. would say that Mel Gibson. If we're okay, if, yeah, I was gonna say if basic. I mean, I think this is a lot of it's going towards maybe Scientology a little bit or some 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 crazy religious antics they've had. So if we're talking that, we've got definitely got Tom Cruise, definitely got Mel Gibson, and we definitely got um, John Travolta. Oh so
1: yeah, they've done some wacky wacky they've things. They've done some wacky stuff, and I'm, I'm sure. Like we didn't do any research on this stuff, so we probably could have come up with. A lot more. Yeah, yeah.
0: Very little research done. In fact, I just did research in the last 60 seconds. So what character actor would you want to hang out with the most from this movie? Seth Rogen. Okay. Uh, I think that's a great answer. I actually was going to say Danny McBride. <laughs> and also that, a good that, answer. And, and, and not like the extreme version of Danny McBride where he becomes a cannibal. Uh, I just think he has a lot of really good points throughout throughout this movie. And he calls people out on their bullshit because they're, they're kind of like being a little bit holier than thou. I think he'd also be fun just to be at a restaurant with and just to see what he says to people because he's ridiculous. All right. Last question, kind of a personal question. Who would be your end-of-the-world crew and why?
1: Well, I'd have to choose my wife, my dogs, um... Yeah probably you
0: for entertainment purposes <laughs>
1: for entertainment purposes well i mean you got it so there's two ways you can take this there's right. you know your friends that you like so like would it, it would be you know kegel pascal for i mean pat or F- Ferguson, peter like i could i could name off a lot of friends that i or do you want to like go like more practical of like right i have friends that are hunters that own a lot of guns yeah i probably want them in my crew Gus, cause he's a farmer, probably want him in my crew. Like yeah. there's, there's two different ways that you can take this. So if you're being more serious, yeah, you want people that are more, that have more practical skills that will, will help you survive.
0: Yeah. And we kind of answered this question in our apocalypse episode. So uh, of who to like, who you
1: would have, if you
0: needed to have like those
1: tangible right. skills, um, Megan's a nurse that's going to come in handy. Yeah, uh, I'm not I'm not going to come in handy at all.
0: I was going to say I'm not even sure I ever make the cut on these lists.
1: <laughs> I would yeah, actually I take know.
0: myself out of my own list. But as far as like entertainment purposes, yeah, you listed a lot of people for sure.
1: Yeah. All right, what'd you think about Armageddon? So Armageddon, uh you know, obvious question, for the people that survived and came back, did they get everything that they asked for?
0: Yeah, like how con- were there some c- contracts signed? I would hope there were.
1: Yeah, are they ne- are they never going to pay taxes? Did did you know whatever like harry didn't go through the whole list but like did they get it Mm -hmm. who knows just and these are these are just kind of like hypotheticals uh what happened to the the asteroid (laughs) it got split in half yeah it it, it missed the earth did it just run into some other planet and kill some other civilization
0: (laughs) would it be ironic if it just runs into the moon like that's that's
1: well, no, because it they it, it passed the moon on the way oh, in. Oh, that's
0: right. It passed the moon. I, I was thinking
1: the So it wouldn't run in the moon. But like, yeah, does it does it come or or does it like get caught up in some gravity and then it just loops back around and then it just comes back right, right back at us? I don't know. Like, oh, shit. Now we got it. Now we got to shit. We got to do this again.
0: We got to cut that half into another half
1: <laughs> and then just <laughs> repeat the cycle. Yeah. Um, You mentioned it. And I, I, oddly enough, Ben Affleck mentioned it. Would it make more sense to train astronauts how to drill?
0: so i think I think that both are like a pretty even though you wouldn't assume this or at least I didn't assume this, I think they're both like a there's, there's definitely a, a huge science to them, and like a lot of not only there's science, there's also a lot of feel to both to at least the drilling aspect of it. So like maybe that's like an unteachable thing. You mm-hmm. need someone who's done it for a long and, time.
1: and he talks about that in the film and they
0: really ham that part up about like pipes breaking and knowing when to push through certain gasses and like whatever like that that's something that keeps coming up it's a theme it's almost as if bay was like we need to really drill this home like literally <laughs> no pun intended there that uh if that's why the drillers are there because an astronaut wouldn't know to stop or gauge you know gear back here because they've only been training for 2 weeks about how to drill
1: right and ast- like an astronauts are typically asked to do a lot of other tasks that these yeah. guys will not be asked to do. They're not collecting samples. They're not running experiments. They're not doing astronaut things. And they have other astronauts up there with them to do any of those kinds of things. All they got to do is just go up there, throw on a spacesuit, and drill a hole. It
0: just seems like there's a lot more that should go into it. But I will say that's kind of a reason why you think about like people talking about being able to pay for like their own space travel and, and I don't know if they have to go through, they don't have to go through anywhere near what the astronauts are going through themselves. Cause they're the ones piloting everything. And they're the ones making sure everything's safe. Exactly. And, you, and you're just along for the ride. Kind of, I mean, you got to make sure your body can handle like the, the pressure for the most Take part, the
1: physical, which some of those guys failed anyways, but whatever. Yeah.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. That's the biggest issue right there is that they can't pass these physical tests.
1: That is the big, that is the bigger issue, which so, is good. Yeah. The the technology in the movie is interesting, too, where they had a live video chat between Harry and Grace while Harry's on the asteroid spinning on three axes like they talk about. And she's in Houston. In the late 90s. I mean, I have a
0: hard time zooming with people who live in like Baldwin sometimes. Like yeah. if, if your Internet's slightly <laughs> if your Internet's slightly patchy. And they're freaking in Houston and on an asteroid head towards Earth. That's some pretty. That's a pretty great Wi-Fi.
1: That is some. I mean, again, it's the government, so they probably got access to sure. way better stuff than we do. But still, a question: Was there a worldwide holiday established in honor of Harry because he literally saved the world? So it wouldn't be a U.S. Yeah, who had a worldwide holiday, Harry Stamper Day. There has to be. There has to be. If there I, wasn't, it's a shame. I fully support that. There, um, did did Rockhound pay the loan shark back? And did he marry that model and have kids with her like he said he did, or he said, "Oh, I want to, ma- I want to have babies"?
0: No and no. So I think I would think no, but on both counts, he did not do either of them. He's still on the run.
1: <laughs> He's still on the hook. Yeah, and then just kind of poking holes in. In movie magic, when they were explaining the X-71s, which were the two space shuttles that went up, they used the phrase impenetrable skin, like <laughs> some kind of, I don't even know what kind of metal, it was some kind of alloy, whatever. But then one crashed and then AJ shot through one with a Gatling gun when he was taking the armadillo out. Like,
0: yeah,
1: that seems more like aluminum than some kind of impenetrable Titanium, tungsten, diamond alloy.
0: Yeah, I don't think that's the the definition of impenetrable. That's that's kind of an oxymoron there.
1: Yeah. So I I guess just the things that I think about when I think of this movie.
0: Apparently. So, all right. So if you're looking at this, so all right. So let's first of all let's talk about the categories. As far as is like the winner of the categories, this is the end. Wins. It's wins four to three. And, and I think it, race. it's a close race. It, it edges it out in rankings. It, it definitely wins in like secondary categories, deep cut categories, writers and Armageddon brings it home with main characters, director and actor. So I think with the categories we could say, yeah, it barely wins as the end, but as far as overall is concerned, I, I think Armageddon is like the long-term winner.
1: I think so too. Uh, again, these are two Polar opposite movies, like when you're talking about end of the world, these are the two ends of the spectrum that you could go with. And because Armageddon's a little bit more serious, yeah, it's got some comedy in there because it needs it. Whereas this is the end is just completely ridiculous from start to finish, <laughs> right? um So, but yeah, I agree. It's it's Armageddon.
0: Well, I mean, and the, and this is the end is only seven years old, and I don't think a lot of people. I think people know it, but I don't think it's necessarily a movie that's like oh. That's one I need to watch. when it's not a movie, it's necessarily in syndication. Not even I'm not even sure syndication really is a thing anymore. But I guess it kind of is for people who still have cable residuals, yeah. But Armageddon is definitely one that like, it's over twenty years old and people know about Armageddon, know about Armageddon. And
1: it's and it's on all the time. Whether it's on it's on all the time, it, whether it's on like one of the premium channels, which it has been, or if it's on like TBS or TNT or, what it's on all the time. Yeah. And still on all the time. Right. I didn't have to rewatch it for this episode because I had just recently I, seen it again.
0: <laughs> I Me too. I saw it a couple weeks ago. That's pretty ridiculous, but that's a thing.
1: <laughs> all right. That's it. So let's talk about omissions.
0: Yeah. We some films.
1: There's, there's a lot that we could have chosen from. And we want to at least give some, you know, th- th- throw some love to those movies. Yeah. So
0: a couple seeking a friend for the end of the world is a movie came out in 2012 with Steve Carell and Kieran Knightley. Melancholia came out in 2011 with Kirsten Dunst. That's like basically like the end of the world's happening, like during her wedding. It's the whole thing. Hmm. Movie called take shelter. I had to put this on okay. here. Because it came out in 2011 with can, Michael Shannon.
1: I can relate to that topic. What the wedding Sh- happening? Oh, the, the wedding the world is happening. Uh,
0: but Yeah. No kidding. Right. Yeah. You kind of we're right. 20. Right. in The thick of that. Yeah. Uh but like I said take shelter with Michael Shannon. I love Michael Shannon. um <clears throat> he's pretty great.
1: He's pretty great. Uh Legion with in 2001 2011 with Paul Bettany, a little more on the religious tones with that, but a more serious than this is the end. 12 Monkeys 1996 with Bruce Willis and Brad Pitt. And then Mad Max 1979 with Mel Gibson, but then also Fury Road 2015 with Tom Hardy. Yeah, and any,
0: any Mad Max sequel could also be thrown in there as well. Because it's
1: all post, and that's more post-apocalyptic, not actually experiencing the end of the world, obviously.
0: Right. Uh, Dr. Strangelove. Um, that was with Peter Sellers, and it was, was directed by Stanley Kubrick. That's a pretty freaking great movie. 1979. War of the Worlds, 1953. It's a movie by H.G. Wells. Spielberg Spielberg also remade it in 2005 with Tom Cruise. And let us not forget Independence Day. You gotta say this one, which is, I mean, that's pretty similar. This is a similar to an Armageddon take. Came out ninety six with, well, a lot of people, but Will, Will Smith.
1: Smith. Yeah, um, a very underrated movie if you haven't seen it, Snowpiercer, in twenty fourteen with Chris Evans. They did make a, they made a TV show out of this. I have not seen the TV show, but I, I remember stumbling upon this on Netflix years ago and watching it, and it was just. It's a very interesting film and it's a cool concept well yeah
0: isn't it the one with the with the train the train that that every every car is like different classes
1: mm-hmm. and chris evans is at the back yeah he's in the lowest class and he leads a revolt to yeah. get to the front of the train mm-hmm. and it's snow piercer because the, the whole world is like in like a an ice age basically right as a result of something i can't remember i haven't seen the movie in a long time the book of eli with denzel in 2010 also great movie post-apocalyptic
0: can, can i say real quick it's fine I'm looking through all these lists and everyone i've got a last name we've got last names except for denzel denzel got his first name we don't have to, we don't have to say denzel washington everyone
1: knows he can't really say washington Everyone knows, but everyone knows a lot of Washingtons.
0: Everyone knows who Denzel is, though.
1: Everybody knows who Denzel is, and then actually a movie that I just watched last night because it was on TV, Deep Impact, nineteen ninety eight. Again, these two movies came out at the exact same time because I guess there was an asteroid kick in Hollywood, and that one, of course, lots of people, Morgan Freeman.
0: Yep, a couple zombie ones. I Am Legend in two thousand seven with Will Smith, and as we mentioned earlier, World War Z in twenty thirteen with brad pitt we know we left a lot off there are tons more that could be included uh definitely drop us an email message whatever let us know so we can uh give them an honorable shout out
1: thank yous do you want to thank
0: now we are done we're officially now done. we
1: really are done
0: so i want to thank um same those bread co i'm not calling it panera bread on, on purpose for uh, having an amazing chive and onion cream cheese and a really great really great green uh, I can't remember the name of it. The, one, of the, one of their one of their smoothies, the green, the green, the green smoothie, whatever it's called. Great green hornet. Great morning pick me up. Thank you. Thank you for that.
1: Thank you, Co. Um, And I will thank kind of a, it's kind of a a pre thank you. Thank the Abercias. We're going to go over there for dinner tonight. So Pat, of course, set a fantastic menu, and, and he'll be cooking. So looking forward to that. So thank you for having us.
0: All right. So if you want to connect with us, send us any show suggestions to nerd is new cool podcast at gmail.com. Like, or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at nerd is a new cool podcast, or follow us on Twitter at nerd is the CO2. You can also listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Apple podcasts.
1: Next episode, next comparison episode. We've got some nerd bites going, but the next comparison episode, mel brooks
0: yeah we couldn't we couldn't put mel brooks movies in the parody episode because it was just too complicated to do
1: it was so we wanted to break them out give it it's a give give mel brooks his due so we're going to be comparing two mel brooks films that we have not yet decided
0: no it's going to be a tough decision so look forward to that until then we will see you all next time
1: thanks everybody bye-bye